Khalif Raymond from the 30. Flag is down. And Raymond has run out of bounds. Another flag comes in at the 32. There are six flags on the field. Friday, August 26th, we're back. It's online. It's episode 130. It's National Dog Day. We uh, we took the last show off and uh, rested the dogs, rested them, and now we're back. That's how, that's how it is. I'm a dog guy. I saw this show, not to make this all about me, but I saw this show about the inside the mind of a cat. And I like cats in general, but this show was just absolutely abominable. When I didn't even make it halfway, I had to shut her down. But I am a dog guy. If you made me pick between them, Alex, what about you? Well, I got to be a cat guy. I got to be loyal to my dude. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with dogs. You know, great companion, as I've heard. So yeah. Um, no as I've issue. heard. No you never issue. met one? I've met yours. Yours is great. Thank you. And a couple yeah. of so what was going on in the, in, in the mind of the cat? I'm curious. Oh, like what goes on in there? Like exactly what you'd think goes on in the mind <laughs> of a cat. They're like, you got to like comfort it and like be its friend. I was like, oh, really? That's breaking news. I thought you just had to <laughs> disrespect it. No, yeah. apparently you got to be nice to him. Oh, that sounds fascinating. Oh, it really was. Just just save yourself an hour. Don't even boot it up. <laughs> wasn't going to <laughs> i'm sure you weren't are you a dog guy if you had to pick though oh i'm a big dog guy i actually like there's i find them so much more fun like cats are nice but they're they're a lot like i feel like they don't like humans that much and dogs yeah, are like do their own fun. thing yeah they kind of do their own thing but dogs like fun yeah which i like and like they, they encourage you to be active like they go on yeah. like walks and stuff which like that's good and bad because sometimes i like the cat vibe where it's like just plop her down for the night yeah. it's texans bills tonight let's just lock in like <laughs> respect dude adam's not here he has a cat he would be all over the cat game which uh i mean whatever that if you know adam it, it makes sense like he's kind of a cat guy basketball we're going to talk about hoops because there's kind of a domino effect going on in the, in the game we obviously it's been a week so things kind of built up i think I mean, not to be, you know, get to the pressing stuff first, but let's talk about Kevin Durant and then let's branch out from there because this was kind of the thing that started it all. He released his mutual statement with the Nets saying they were going to move forward together or whatever the, whatever the quote was. It was pretty bizarre. They stuck the little boardroom sticker on there with the Brooklyn Nets sticker. I mean, do you think this is the end of the saga for Kevin Durant and the Nets? Or do you think this still ends with him being traded? Do you think he's happy now? Do you think he's looked at this and been like, you know what? I can make this work. Or are they just going to drag this into the season and find a partner? Alex, you want to take that? Uh, definitely not. Um, I think, I think you can take the smallest thing to just piss him off again. Um, you know, he's going to, you know, take a month off if he needs to. I don't think that much could have changed. Um, I mean, you got to really think hard if you want to request a trade. So um, I don't think that that was an overnight thing for Kevin Durant. But um, I think I think it's he's just a ticking time bomb and just the slightest inconvenience. He's going to get mad again, request a trade, sit games out. So I thought, you know, he saw that no one wanted to trade for him. And I think he thought it was kind of embarrassing that no one was willing to meet the price tag that the Nets put on. Right. Because everyone's talking Kevin Durant, you know, best score in the world, best score in the world. And none of the and the best offer was Jalen Brown, Derek White, and a first round pick, which I thought was a pretty respectable 
offer actually you know Jalen brown's pretty you know pretty good i think you can build around him um and stay competitive but uh i think i think it was just like his ego was taking a hit man like no like none of these teams are offering multiple first round picks no one's offering these young stars for you um so he was like all right i'll just run it back and see what happens so i don't think this is over though you think he finishes the season with the nets I've been pretty good at this actually with picking. Like I remember Westbrook, I was like, "There's no way this guy's a Washington Wizard next year." Um, wow, you called it. You, I called that. Oh, that's a tough question. I don't think so. I, I don't think he'll be a net. I don't think so. I think it's just gonna blow up. I think Kyrie's gonna be like, "I'm leaving. I'm playing my contract out. I'm leaving as soon as I as soon as the season's over." And I think uh, you know Kevin Durant's gonna want out too. What's your take on the situation, on? Yeah, I agree. I think they probably shopped him around and there wasn't a sort of package that they're willing to accept. And I'm sure they sat down with KD after all the demands that he made and like made the case to him to stay. And I mean, it's a pretty compelling case. Like they have Kyrie. In theory, they have Ben Simmons, who in theory still knows how to play basketball at a high level. And they he's have on the roster. Pieces. Yeah, he's on, he's, he's on the roster. Um, and so, you know, I'm sure they're like, hey, you have all these pieces. We, you know, we can, you can do something with this. Um, but the reality is, it's, you know, it's just, it's the team is just fundamentally flawed. Like, I feel like something is going to happen, whether it's, you know, somebody gets injured or there's some locker room issue or something and it's going to blow up. So I, I can't see this lasting, lasting long at all. But I understand that if you're the Nets, this is, maybe the best option you have to retain value because you're you're going to end up getting back 20 cents on the dollar 50 cents on the dollar if you trade durant so you know they made this bet and they made their bed and so they're trying to kind of see it through which i at least respect that i think they're willing to run this thing into the ground if yeah. that means you know Kyrie and and they, i think at this point they're fine at, like if they just get nothing back for kevin durant if he gets injured if he just starts playing bad like i don't think they care anymore they're just like we have a reputation and we don't want to be seen as this weak franchise. You have, you signed a four-year contract like 12 months ago. So you're going to play. And I respect it from Joe Sy and uh, you know, and Sean Marks Nash, you're going to get along with them. Right. So I, I respect it from the nets, but you guys don't think Joe Sy was like, yo, like, I don't know if you saw, but like we got Royce O'Neal. Yeah. <laughs> Evan was like, really? He's like, dude, TJ Warren's back is like almost better. Like, don't worry. Yeah. We exactly. got him. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. They're like playing him highlights in the meeting room of TJ Warren bubble. <laughs> bubble. Like, have you TJ seen this Warren. guy? Yeah, yeah. Last time we saw this guy, he was going off. Remember when he gave 50 to Hollis Thompson? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys see Sham said that uh, Ben Simmons is, is almost cleared for three on three? <laughs> He's almost ready. <laughs> no, three on no. three. Wait, <laughs> cleared from, oh, from his surgery. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, yeah. He's almost okay. ready. Just give him a couple, yeah. like maybe like another year, and we'll we'll work on it. Yeah. But he's still yeah. posting still, stories every day. Do we know how he got injured? Because he was definitely it's not from basketball. No, can't be from basketball. I think it was like being hunched over on the desk, drawing up the Ferrari for too long, just hurt the yeah. back. Did, did we ever get the design? <laughs> no, Ferrari just dropped it and never came out with the design. None. They got to get in the lab. I guess- that's why they invest in like gaming chairs. Hey, those have good lumbar support. Mm-hmm. Like I, he's got to call AD's guys and see what he's rocking because yeah. I mean, maybe not AD. He's got some back issues too, but like maybe one of those guys that has a good, you know, he's yeah. gaming that doesn't have back issues. He needs to get Kyrie. Kyrie's a GTA guy. He's oh, on there every true. night. 
Man. Yeah, there you go. Float him up. Probably uh, got his number somewhere. If Ben Simmons was still in the team group chat, he could do that pretty easily. But we all know he <laughs> left after game three. So <laughs> that's right. I'm just some without a back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I bet bullet. if Adam was here, he would give us something about the lumbar support. So, you know, we're thinking about him in theory. Um, <laughs> the Nets are eight to one to win the championship. I, I'm sorry. I find that so ridiculous. Like they didn't win a playoff game last year and they're like running it back kind of like, I know they replaced, you know, like the decrepit bodies that they had, like James Johnson, <laughs> LaMarcus Aldridge, like the guys who are literally just corpses, Blake Griffin gave them 10 minutes and they were like, this is like, we need to win this game or else we're wasting the 10 minutes of Blake Griffin. Um, but I still don't consider them better than Milwaukee or Boston or, Philadelphia, Kevin Durant's a recluse at this point. What, what, I don't understand it. I wouldn't touch him at eight to one, but hell no, me. hell no. I'm not going near that team at all. Um, too many question marks got swept by Boston um, and just, just a really unreliable team. So yeah, I wouldn't go near him. Yeah. Well, I liked how Memphis was also in there saying we will, we're down to trade for Kevin Durant, but like, we literally don't want to trade anything. Though. Yeah, it's like we'll get we'll give like a couple twos and like uh, you can have uh, Conchar and then uh, let's call it a deal. Let's call it yeah. into the league. Yeah, but like if we throw enough seconds in, like the value might match. Like the yeah. stars on two K. Like the stars. Yeah, yeah. And Conchar. Man, you don't like Xavier done. Tillman? No, I'm I'm good. I'm good. It's like, well, we'll like we have first, but like no Bain and no uh, Jackson and no Morant. And then like, let's talk. It's like, oh, yeah. really? Yeah, that's great. Um, so now the Kyrie Irving, because apparently he wants to stay with the Nets. Nets are content to keep him. I mean, this is just the latest on the roller coaster. But the Lakers now know, OK, like the dream is dead. We can't reunite Kyrie and LeBron yet this year. We will do it next summer because like. You know, it's LeBron. He's going to get the superstars, but uh, not this year. So what do they do? They pivot. They get Patrick Beverly from the Jazz in exchange for THT and Stanley Johnson. I think there's something poetic about how THT was in all these rumors, like Donovan Mitchell, like, you know, like, is he enough? Trent, one yeah. for one. <laughs> is, <laughs> is he enough to like hinge the package around to get like uh, RJ Barrett or something? And then they trade him for Patrick Beverly. I just find it perfect, but I actually don't hate the trade from the Laker perspective. I'm just going to say that. I think the more interesting part is now that, if they're doing this, they clearly have to have a plan with Westbrook. Those two have had such a well-documented like hatred for each other. And I know Patrick Beverly tweeted that. I can't wait to see Westbrook go off or what. Okay, dude, like nobody believes you. It doesn't matter. But I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. So anything on the trade or Westbrook or the Lakers roster with the bat, with the potential duo, you go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I think, like at first glance, I was like, this seems like such a disaster. Like the Patrick Beverly is obviously like a big personality. They've already had personality issues on the team. Like he's not going to, he's not going to be the difference skill wise and then winning a bunch more games. But then I sat back and I was like, I thought about it a little bit. And I was like, let me get in like GM LeBron's head. Mm -hmm. Let me get in like Palinka's head. And I thought about it and I was like, you know what? This actually makes quite a bit of sense. Because one of the things that this team lacked was like, they didn't really care. Like they kind of checked out of games and they're kind of like lazy sometimes. And it just seemed like they weren't super engaged. And if there's one thing Patrick Beverly does, <laughs> let's you know, go. It's not really shooting. He plays good defense half the time, but if there's one thing he like really does, it's like, he really cares. Like he'll cry after a playoff game. 
Yeah. Or a play in game. Sorry. Yes. Like you'll stand the on the table, on the announcer's <laughs> table, and, and throw the jersey. jersey. Yeah. 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 Like it's uh, Kobe Bryant after winning the gold medal with the USA. So that's yeah. exactly yeah. what he does. When you yeah. said if there's one thing he really does, I thought you were going to say like smells or something. Like, <laughs> you know, he brings a stench with him. But you said yeah. he's not a great shooter. Let me give you this. He's a career 37% three point shooter. That's the highest on the Lakers. He's the best shooter that's on the crazy. Lakers. That's a pretty good percentage. That's way higher than I would have guessed. I know. Pat Bev. I mean, no wonder THD. Wow. I mean, it's a good package for him. <laughs> I love, uh, I love like out of all those guys, you know, you got Westbrook who could be like, Hey guys, I've been to the finals. I'm not even going to talk about LeBron, uh, AD former champion. And then it's like Pat Bev. And it's like, he's going to point to like that second round he had in the NBA, that one NBA playoffs <laughs> that one time, like, yo, I don't want what the Clippers did to us that one time when we, when I was playing for Houston ever happen again. Like we can <laughs> we can get to the second round, guys. Like believe. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't uh, want to get done dirty like, you know, like yes. losing to Memphis again for the exactly. second year in a row. Yeah. Um like he's like guys, like you know how sweet it is to win a playing game? You guys have <laughs> no idea. LeBron, you have no you've never experienced that, bro. So um and I thought I personally didn't like the move. I thought it was really desperate. Pat Bev is super average in my opinion. And um, I don't know, as bad as Westbrook was, I just think this is going to be a bit uh, redundant. I would have tried to, you know, new coach tried something else with Westbrook. Um, You have LeBron can be the point guard as well. I know they're adding some like shooting, if you can say it, and some maybe locker chemistry, but at the same time, like another really toxic person. Like the Lakers team was toxic enough. So you're just adding a fourth, fifth toxic person. And this is what happens when you sit THT out and then he just didn't show up to summer league the second year. Maybe he <laughs> needed that damn practice. Freaking second round rookie sitting, walking around like he's a vet. I'm never going to forget that. So yeah, you know what? Play your guys, play your guys. And I'm sure that off season, bro, he was like summer league. Like I don't even need a practice. Like, yeah. this is how much the Lakers believe in me. I'm the youngest so, champion in NBA history. Literally. Like, what's why would I practice? And look at where his career's gone. So, not a fan. Pretty desperate move, in my opinion. I, You know, I was texting Phil. You would have thought they traded for Donovan Mitchell, um, the way the Lakers fans were reacting. So, I just thought it was a really, really overrated move, in my opinion. So, Well, reports were saying that they were interested in Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. So, yeah. this might have been, like, the... Like, hey, we'll give you THT for Mitchell. For yeah. yeah. And then they're like, how about Pat Bev? And then, okay, well, we'll talk to our guys. And they're like, yeah. you know what? Ooh, like, yeah. Polinka was that. testing it yeah. out on age. He's like, yeah. let me see if this guy's like lost it. Uh, he's like, okay, look, THT for Mitchell. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> Pat Bev. And Polinka's like, yeah, I'm just kidding. Like, we'll do. We'll do that. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. No, I picture yeah, like, I was just joking. joking. Yeah. yeah. I picture him going to LeBron and he's like, okay, like we couldn't get Mitchell, but like we can get Patrick Beverly. And LeBron was like, okay, like, are you harder. sure we can't get Mitchell? Like, like, are you positive? Cause like, I would rather him than Patrick Beverly, but I'll, yeah. I'll take what I can get. He's like, have you, have you mentioned t- like THT yet? Have you put him in? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, ha, ah, ha, He's like, whatever, just don't put in Kendrick Nunn. That's the only guy we need to, to base yes. this team around. His yeah. knee is getting better for sure. Do they know we have a 2027 first that's available? Yeah. yeah. Throw that in there. Get that available. Um, I do actually like, like, THT gets a lot of hate 
I understand that, you know, his growth has been a little bit stunted, but I think you could see like a Kuzma type bounce back up for this. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. Cause yeah. Yeah. I I've seen him play very like talented streaks of on court time. I've seen it happen. He's like, he's overrated by the Laker people, obviously, but I don't think it's he's a very bad. classic Lakers thing. This wouldn't be the first time we see a young, young player go and turn into a, a pretty decent Ooh. NBA player. So yeah. Julius. Yeah. Exactly. Julius Randle, uh, you got Ingram and Ball, like D'Angelo Russell, D'Angelo yeah. Russell. You got a lot of these guys that turned out to be pretty decent players. You could build an all star team out of these. <laughs> well, guys. Yeah, you could. Kuzma, KCP, they're just everywhere. Yeah. Only one who didn't quite get it going was Robert Sacre. I was really hoping that Robert Sacre would get <laughs> yeah. it going for Canada, but he didn't. Um, the other thing that the Lakers could do. I mean, there's a couple options. They could trade with Utah again in this Westbrook situation, go back in and then pick up uh, Malik Beasley and Bogdanovich or uh, Mike Conley were the names that were thrown around. I, I think like, maybe, yo, how about Mitchell now? Yeah. Yeah. Now we've done one. Like, let's see what we can do about yeah. two. Hey, like yeah. we've been doing good business. Yeah. <laughs> we've been making fair trades. So like, what's another one here? Yeah. Westbrook in 2029 second. Um, the other thing they could do trade with Indiana. This one's kind of the hot rumor. It's been going around forever. Healed and Miles Turner for Westbrook and both the first. I mean, yeah, yeah, no. Miles Turner with Anthony Davis is going to work really well. It's not like we saw Sabonis and Turner just was a disaster for Turner, but sure. Yeah, uh-huh. they're really going to blend together well. Yeah, it's going to work great. Third option, and this one you guys are really going to like, Mark Stein is already all over this. Dennis Schroeder, he's available for free. Reunion, pick them back oh, up. Yeah. They're in negotiations apparently. So, I mean, get them for free. You don't have to trade any first. What a job by Palenka. Hey, eh? <laughs> no. saved 80 million. <laughs> saved 80 million for Genie Bus. And he's like, look at this now. I'm getting him to put, he's going to pay me yeah. to be on the team. Yeah. I'm going to be making wage from Dennis Schroeder to be on the Lakers. How about that? Yeah. And the other option is Stan Pat. So a couple of good options for Plinka and LeBron to think over on August. What 26th. was the last one? But just keep the team you have Westbrook and Beverly. Yeah, well, I mean, nothing's wrong with it. At some point they're going to need a first to draft Bronny, right? Like you need some sort of pick to get him. I would assume. No, it's okay. They'll trade three firsts in the future to get like a, like get that second round pick of that year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Going. Dude, they have Kendrick. LeBron's going to hold everyone hostage in the draft room. Yeah. LeBron's going to be like, he'll go live on Instagram and he'll be like, I'm going to shoot Rob Polinka in the head right now if, if you don't trade me the 28th pick in the draft. Or he's going to be Magic. like the Joker, dude. The Joker from the Dark Knight where he's just just hijacks like the news. Everyone's yeah, yeah. He's like, I've got a knife to Genie Bus's throat right now. And if the Magic don't give me the 29th pick, you don't want to see what happens next. Yeah, yeah. that's what's going to go down. Be ready. Um, the other thing that the Jazz are doing, obviously making this trade, the Donovan Mitchell stuff with the Knicks, it's heating back up. It's been in the rumors for a couple of weeks. Now, from my understanding, Danny Ainge is, is, you know, I feel like he's got the hot hand at the table right now. So he wants to just, you know, see how high he can go. So the Knicks offer him five first round picks, OB Toppin and uh, who, who was it? Evan, Evan Fournier. Fournier. Yeah. And he's like, no, you know what? Like you can do better. I want RJ Barrett. So after, and they can. Yeah. And they can do better because the Knicks, 
desperate is a stinky cologne and the Knicks are rocking it hard right now for Donovan Mitchell. So I think that the package is going to be pretty ridiculous when this inevitably ends up happening, because I think it's pretty much a lot to happen in my opinion. Yeah. I, I think it's just been talked about so much. I think it makes sense. Like I don't see like, I saw some stuff about Mitchell being like, I don't want to get traded. I'm like, yeah, I think you do. I think he's just trying to keep his jazz reputation decent. Um, like you're telling me you're trying to play with THD. And <laughs> and Beasley or when you could go play in Miami or New York or Brooklyn. But I think, I think Brooklyn's off the table. He did mention like his top three are Miami, Brooklyn and New York. That's a classic. I don't want to get traded, but if I have to, Miami and New York is good. Yeah, I'll just pick the two greatest (laughs) cities in the U.S., like not a big deal. Um, I I think New York should just stop messing around. Five first-round picks is good. I'm all on board with that. That's a haul. But uh, Evan, I guess you got to put Evan Fournier for the salary. But what was the second guy? Obi. Obi Toppin. I I know he had a bit of a better year this year, but that's not really someone – you know, you're getting really hyped about. I think they need to involve like, like Quentin Grimes or, uh, or just then one of RJ Barrett. I think RJ, I don't know if RJ Barrett's contract is big enough to go the other way, but I think they got to do better from the player side and credit to Danny Ainge, man, no rush. He knows he's going to get a haul for Mitchell. He's been the receiver of like, you know, some of the greatest trades in NBA history. I think like the, the, the go bear one we talked about was insane um, he was also the receiver for the for the Garnett and the Pierce trade, which we all know how that went. So I think Danny's, like you said, going to ride this one out if he has to because he knows he's going to get good value either way. And the Knicks should just not be stupid because you never know a team like, you know, Miami all of a sudden can be like, you know what, we're down to trade Bam. And then bang, you get, you know, you get Mitchell or something happens with the Nets or another team comes through and uh, trades for him. So they should not mess around with this, get him before training camp. And, uh, and you know, then the Knicks would be pretty legit. Yeah, I totally agree. I think like I think a first round pick nowadays is worth less than it was even when Danny Ainge was trading with the Celtics. So I think you need to have that player value considering. I mean, yeah, like you said, the trade makes sense. Like Donovan Mitchell, obviously rising star, uh, New York guy, the Knicks like that would be he would be instantly the face of the franchise like day one. So, uh, yeah, they the Knicks should uh, they should get this one done. And yeah, like Owen said, they have to. The Celtics barely, barely won that trade. I mean, look, drafting Tatum and Brown's great. That was with the third overall pick. That was a pretty high pick. But if you guys remember, every other first-round pick, like, I don't think he's on the team anymore. Yeah. Um, RJ Hunter. Yeah. James Young. Remember that? James Young. I thought that guy was going to be a star. Oh, I thought that was was Donovan Mitchell before Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, exactly. And like all those picks. So like Owen said, I feel like it is a bit less and you really do got to equal it out on the player side. Because especially like, okay, we made like some of us made fun of the Jalen Brunson, not me. But if you have Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, like some decent professional basketball players in Donovan Mitchell, that team, like those first That's round making picks, the playoffs. Yeah, those first round picks mm-hmm. are going to be like 20, 21. And then you're building up a, because you already have like THT. You're just building a whole roster of mid. Like that's what you're building with those picks. Yeah. So I agree. Get that player value in there and get this over. Why are we acting like, I don't know how long they plan on having Tibbs there, but why are we acting like Tibbs actually likes young players? Yeah, exactly. Like, well, we seriously. know he doesn't. We know he doesn't. So why the hell do these picks for the next five, six years matter? Like they literally don't because I mean, Quentin Grimes, from what I've heard, is like the greatest point guard in the NBA. And this guy doesn't want to play. 
So <laughs> just, yeah, stop acting like these picks matter. I liked how I saw some stuff that was like Tom Thibodeau is, is very against trading Quentin Grimes. It's like, oh, because he's also against playing him. So yeah. like, let's let's figure out which let's one we're out. down for. Let's figure it out, Tom. Yeah, neither's not working. Um, Oklahoma City Thunder, Chet Holmgren. He, uh, he's got a foot fracture. He's going to miss the season. Now, on one hand, I do understand that Oklahoma City, I mean, Sam Presti is addicted to tanking. I think if he broke his fingernail, <laughs> he would have held him out for the season. Yeah. But a foot fracture is a pretty serious injury, and especially so considering his body type. I think it's a little concerning. And I know there's guys who've missed their rookie seasons, like Ben Simmons did it, Greg Oden did it, Embiid. Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin, exactly. But to me, those are much different than this. This, His body makes him a completely different category. This is very concerning. So I 100% agree. I saw a lot of comparisons. I mean, maybe the closest comparison could be Joel because we forget Joel was so skinny when he came into the league. Like, it was messed. And to think now, like, how much body weight he put on, I wouldn't have thought it was possible. Um but yeah, like I feel like young Blake Griffin could have torn his ACL like four times and he would have came back like no problem because like Blake was just built different, right? Um, but like you said, I mean, an injury like this and I mean, the play was just nothing. Like it was, it was LeBron just like drove into him a little bit. Like he was just, he was, he, uh, Chet was trying to hold up LeBron a bit. And I mean, you're going to get way worse plays in the NBA, bro. Like it's just going to be, it's, it's going to be really tough. And I, and I hope this, he can, you know, probably try and put on some muscle and, 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 you know, kind of, I don't know, play the game in a way where, you know, he's not in these vulnerable positions to get hurt, but even that didn't look like a vulnerable position. It looked like the most careless, like just the most regular basketball player. Something that would happen in, you know, a pickup game. That could have so happened it is, to a minute after dinner walk with the way after dinner walk, it, it wasn't yeah. even a basketball play. He just turned around while he was running kind of, and messed up his foot. So it really sucks. Um, I was actually, I was excited to see him play in Oklahoma. I thought, I thought that would have been, you know, some fun uh, for sure, but definitely a setback, but you know, I'm not writing him off or anything. You know, we've seen this happen multiple times and, and, uh, and uh, players come back. Okay. Owen's the yeah. chat guy. So this is, I mean, I was worried about him when I found the news out. Cause I saw the first report, like, oh, they're concerned about his foot. And then I figured that to mean like, okay, this is probably pretty bad if they're concerned. And I was worried about Owen because he is the Chet guy. So how have you taken the last 24 hours? I'm like, I'm quite disappointed. I was looking forward to to seeing him play, but I don't think this is really like, honestly, I don't think this is concerning for either side in my mind, like to alluding to the point that you said, like Sam Presti would have like fractured his foot himself, like would have thrown a rock on it or something. So he didn't play so we can get Victor when Bayana. So I don't think he's losing sleep over this. And then like Chet Holmgren, I mean, he gets a, a full year to, you know, I mean, I don't, he can, I don't know when he can exactly lift and, and to what extent, but he gets a, a, he gets extra time to prepare his body and prepare his uh, skills, like with NBA guys and NBA trainers and NBA meal planning and coaching coaches and trainers all of that. So that's good. And then as far as the body, like to me, I don't see this as like a, um, an injury as like, as a, like obviously not a doctor. I've said this on the show. Just want to remind people. Yeah. Clarification. Yeah. I want to clarify, but to me, this isn't an injury that he sustained because he was like weak. Like, it's not like he broke his like rib because he got Joel Embiid hit him with an elbow. Yeah. Like 
this to me seems like an injury more of like a non-contact almost like to me it looked like it was just like the floor something happened with the floor and he slipped almost because it I know there was contact but to me that that didn't seem like the main cause of the injury so I'm not really I don't think there's to me I didn't see this as like a issue with his weight or his body type um, and so I guess I'm not concerned super you know significantly for that so, I mean, I hope he heals. I think the way medicine is, I was, I was saying this to Phil, I think the way with medicine, most injuries in the NBA are you, you're able to recover from it nowadays and recover from it pretty well. So I'm not, I'm not super concerned. I'm just, I'm just eager to see how, uh, how he looks after a year because Joel Embiid obviously, you know, took his time and, and was able to become a lot more physically dominant. So I think if I were to be positive, I think I would say, you know, we had to get some grit. We had, like five years ago, remember when Ben Simmons didn't play and then mm -hmm. he was in the rookie of the year debate against Donovan Mitchell. And then there were some great jokes about like, oh, like, is he really a rookie, you know, type jokes, like red shirt rookie. I feel like we could get some of those off if he comes back nicely. So that would be yeah. nice to run back those jokes. So at least there's that. I don't really care for this stuff where people are, you know, listen, we've talked about it on this show. I hate the, the summer league coverage with the Drew League and the crossover as much as the next guy. But it really does not bother me in the slightest that this happens to him, him in one of those games. Like if he's not doing it there, he'll just do it at practice. Like wh what are we what are we doing here? This is yeah. people have getting outrage about that. And then you have the people who back backlash against the outrage. It's like, yeah, you, you know, go hard on the take that's 100 percent right. Yeah, that's how you do it. But anyway, uh, last couple NBA things, the uh, Udonis Haslam's back. Now, we said God. on the last show That's that good. he was going to announce his decision and announce that he has the 20th NBA season, his final NBA season. I feel like he's done that the last couple of years, but he said this is, this is the end, the end of the line for Udonis. And he said, quote, you know, as the bearer of heat culture, I take this serious. It's not a game. It's not a joke. I know people talk about it. People have this stigma on what it is and what it isn't, but it's real. It is real. The culture's real. The culture saved many guys, not just me. I want to continue to be a part of the culture of saving people that come after me. So congratulations to the bearer of heat culture on running it back one more year. I'm very excited to see. Like, I remember when Dwayne Wade retired, what, four years ago, he checked in at the end of the game. because they're like, okay, like, Udonis is going to retire too. So like, let's, let's get him, get a possession. Yeah. No, he's still here four years later, just chucking it out. So shout yeah. out to my guy. Congrats on another Nobel year. peace prize, uh, uh, candidate. Definitely, definitely. I'd say so with that sort of, uh, you know, just quite the piece of literature there. No, no kidding. It is real. Yeah. yeah you just single-handedly created a culture. He is yeah. the bearer of heat culture as an undrafted yeah. player. Did it. So I apologize on behalf of Flag on the Play that we didn't go live as soon as his announcement uh, hit. <laughs> yeah, special Sorry episode. Sorry about that. We'll be better next time. And, yeah. and can I say on the accountability segment, um, to the Heat, why have you not started building like a statue yet? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Because that's got to have started yesterday. Uh huh. Let's get two actually. One outside the practice facility and one in, outside the ftx arena or whatever and, it's called and you can retire dan marino's jersey you can retire i don't know how many numbers you donis has worn but let's retire like all of them yeah let's give him another one yeah an extra number heat are gonna have to start using symbols like hashtag yeah. and like arrows because all the numbers are retired for you donis <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah let's get all the practice jerseys too anything he's ever touched his body yeah exactly Go back to high school yeah, <laughs> yeah. go back uh i like it football 
big story in football right now is Aaron Donald. He's, he's assaulting people with helmets. He just can't stop. I mean, we, there's been footage before of him running out after games. I saw one where he put on a helmet to go fight a guy after a game, which it wasn't concerning anybody that threw it on, but it, tangent the video that's going around joint practice he grabs two Bengals helmets miles garrett one in each hand and just starts whacking them around i feel like can he be suspended i'm, I'm kind of debating this in my head the last couple it's, hours like i don't see the difference between the practice and the game like you know well, the nfl could say it's doctored footage because i guess they don't have like the you know like they want to have him out there for the opening game first game of the year like yeah super bowl like star but he probably should get suspended for just swinging helmets around. I don't know. Just my opinion. Yeah, I agree. The team at least should like do something, you know? What do you mean do something? Like suspend him. <laughs> yeah, Sean McVay, Sean McVay is going to cut him. He's like, yeah, yeah, you're done. We can't have you around swinging helmets. That would be a crazy step, but. That would know. be wild. Yeah. I don't know. It's Browns are picking him up instantly. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. get the whole thing going i feel yeah. like i mean i shocker I've, ne- I've never really played football on the d-line but i feel like if i did like if i played for long enough sure i would end up with a helmet in my hand but to go to the level of swinging it i think you know so sources are saying roid rage not me but sources are saying roid rage could have played a factor in this one but we'll see um other thing that's going on tyron smith pretty major injury for the Dallas Cowboys. The injury was really shocking, particularly because at 637, a Cowboys reporter tweeted out, quote, Tyron Smith has left practice, left the practice facility for the day without any sort of limp and is not wearing any device on his ankle or knees. So that was at 637. And then at 1037, he tweeted Tyron Smith's hamstring tore off the bone at today's practice. He is out indefinitely and unlikely to return before December. So Things can change pretty quickly. I don't know if it happened like on the way from his driveway to his front door, but apparently it was at practice and he's out long-term. This is a problem for the Cowboys. They should investigate this because this is sounding a lot like a Kendrick Nunn situation mm. where yep. something's going on behind the scenes that the team doesn't maybe know about. Mm. You're saying, yeah. does he, did he purchase any jewelry recently to maybe show off on the sidelines when he's not playing Yeah, before yeah. the yeah. injury? Any like Gucci injury. sweaters? We'll have yeah. to see. Uh-huh. Any any Mike McCarthy sprinkle hoodies, potentially. You never know. It's possible. <laughs> I gotta get one of those. I know, me too. Not sure, not sure how you can walk off with you know your hamstring not actually in the like place attached. it's supposed to be. Um, you know, that's it's definitely tough. Uh, but yeah, big loss, big loss for the Cowboys. They depend on the run game a lot. Dak's gonna have some issues. Uh, so yeah. That's that's a tough one. It also, I mean, the other drama here is that uh they say torn hamstring, and then he also did the Mackay Becton thing where his knee fractured too. So this guy oh, is just absolutely wow. made of glass. I don't understand. Like, those are two separate body parts, and, and he's walking to the car like with no limp. I don't really understand. <laughs> uh, it's weird, man. He's like it's the biggest point. human ever, and he's always getting injured. Yeah. They should, if it's like, he's been under the knife probably so many times with like knee stuff. They should just get, I don't know what you how if you can like replace a ligament or like replace in like parts of a knee, but maybe swap that out. I think they do that in a Tommy John surgery. Yeah, do they? yeah, they yeah, put they like do. Kevlar in your elbow, hmm. essentially. 
yeah, let's maybe swap it out. Try something yeah. new. Um, yeah. Jerry Jones did say though, he was, Jerry Jones is on first take this morning, which is wow. always a big occasion. And Jerry Jones did say, yes, it's a setback, but we'll have him back for the playoffs, which I don't know that you will considering <laughs> he's got two absolutely gnarly injuries, but it's also ambitious to just assume like, Oh no, like best left tackle in franchise history. Like we'll just see him in the playoffs. It's fine. We'll just keep him rested. It's quite the spin zone. The other thing he said, and this one's real cause for concern was he said, quote, Zeke is in the best shape of his life. And it is still a fact we go as Zeke goes. So that's a little concerning. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. But Jerry did say he's in the best uh, shape of his life. So I take that literally. Mm -hmm. So I'm expecting a big year. Yeah, he is. Maybe it's the most pronounced shape of his life. Like he's like rounder than usual. Maybe that's. Yeah. Maybe that's you know, we it. paid, we made Dak in one of the highest paid quarterbacks, but we're going to go as Zeke goes. Yeah. That's yeah. why we pay him. Yeah. Uh-huh. The Ravens have won 21 straight preseason games in a row. They defeated the Cardinals last week. They're going to go for 22 this weekend. I'm not sure who they're playing, but some are calling this one of the most impressive streaks out there. I think. I wasn't that amazed, but then I did a Google to figure out when the last time they actually lost in the preseason was. And I found September 3rd, 2015 against the Falcons. It was a Thursday. And if I'm doing the math, I'm guessing that was my third day of high school. So then I was pretty impressed by it. Cause that seems like a long time ago, a 21 game win streak. Darren Waller was playing receiver for the Ravens that day. And Rex Grossman was the quarterback. So it was wow. a long time ago. So shout out to the Ravens. I want to see this thing go to like 30. That would be exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. It's cool, but I'm not, I'm not like, wow, this is the best thing ever. I feel like it's just like some luck, you know, involved as well in that. So doesn't really do it for me. Can't no, lie. Doesn't doesn't really... Even if I told you the number one movie was straight out of Compton when they lost their last preseason. It's a good game. movie. I like that movie. That doesn't so, no, I'm back on. I'm back. Okay. On. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, we, me. we found the common ground. I knew that would swing you. Um, <laughs> Miami Dolphins were forced to cancel practice today because, uh, well, they had a joint practice against the Eagles and the players were just puking. According to Mike McDaniel, he said it's more than a few, but less than half the team. He said there's just major sickness going around at the Dolphins facility. They said they tried to figure out what it was. They tested the food for maybe food poisoning and it wasn't food poisoning. He said it was just all sorts of contagious. So yeah, prayers up to the Finns, man. This is a this is a tough scene. This is this tells you about Mike McDaniel though, because he's like concerned about it. Like you get a, like a real football guy, and everyone starts throwing up. They're like fired up. They're like, let's keep let's yeah, harder. yeah, yeah. Like we're looking we're <laughs> mid season four right now. <laughs> they gotta practice bill, through that. Yeah, yeah they've got bill. puke dripping through their helmet and on their like practice jersey. Like, let's fucking go. This yeah. is sick. Yes. Yeah, like Bill Belichick is like, I don't even know. I'm trying to think of like a bigger. He's like, I want to see who's gonna puke harder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like keeping tallies of of like which players has the most puke. Yeah, like, Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell would be. Dan Campbell. The harder right. you puke, the harder you're working. Yeah. Yes, exactly. The harder you yeah, want like, it. Yeah, they go to it like you've only thrown up twice this week. What's like what's going on? Yeah, then you're letting your team down. Yeah, they're like, oh, Teddy Bridgewater's done it seven times. Like, (laughs) yeah, he's breathing down your neck. You gotta look out. And then you get a grit hat as a reward. Exactly. (laughs) 
But da- Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniel hit the cancel practice button. He was like, okay, like no sessions. We're wow. done. But if you got to go, like Bruce Arians would be in there, he'd be like, good. Like this is like, yeah. this reminds me of when I was a kid and I would go home and eat like straight, like literal, like cow meat uncooked to like get stronger. And then I just puked it up on yeah, the field. Exactly. Yeah. Like I wanted salmonella and yeah. E. coli. Yes, um, <laughs> to make me stronger actually mm-hmm. i ate badly and i felt bad about it so i wanted to throw it out so i could reset mm, my body exactly. Clock. Exactly. reset my gains yeah we really yeah. spins on that one that was good um kyler murray it's been the summer of kyler murray really in arizona he got the big contract he got to watch video games while he plays you know well not while he plays he gets to play video games while he watches film is the point um, what else did he get? He got Marquise Brown, who is a former teammate, got him. And now they just traded for another former teammate. They traded an offensive lineman from Oklahoma, who I think the bills, I don't know if the bills were going to cut him or whatever, but I mean, Kyler just gets what he wants. So just, uh, clear out the way. And then Owen, yep. you were really fed up about play calling, which he's still calling plays somehow. And I think he'll probably call plays this weekend too. So Owen, you go ahead. The play calling is so obnoxious. Every time I see his smug face, dude, his smug little face with the clipboard and the freaking headset, it makes me so mad. It makes my blood boil, dude. Because you you know he thinks he's so smart. Like he thinks he's he thinks he's like like the first time didn't go so well. But he's like, no, 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 this is probably Cliff's fault. Like Cliff was there's he he's the type who could make some excuse. Like Cliff didn't give me the full access. Yes. And so then he's like running it back. And then apparently I read that he actually did well this last time which made me even more mad because you know, it's just going to keep going. Yeah. Like Cliff was like, okay, like we'll have him call plays one time and then, you know, get it out of his system. He'll realize it's kind of hard and then it'll be done. But no, it's like completely backfiring. He's going to want to call regular season plays. I just hate the guys. He's going, he's out of control. He is on a power trip because he's getting whatever he wants. And you know, that like, it could reach the point where he's injured and he'll be like, okay, like I'm really injured. Like, let me be offensive coordinator till the end of the season. And then I'll come back for the playoffs. Like I'm good enough to get trace McSorley two ten wins. Like, trust me. Like the OC, like you have a family to feed. Like I actually don't care. Yeah. Um, Let give me the headset. I have skins to buy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Fortnite skins to buy. Um, And, and uh, I was just, I was just so like with the whole, yeah, like the play calls he called were like better than Cliff's. Get out of here. Get out of here. I'm not, what are we like? What? He's a better, better play caller now. Is that what we're really, really talking about? I thought, I thought it was an absolute joke. And he's probably thinking how dumb everybody else is. It's like these idiots wouldn't let me play video games. It's just like the video games. It's just like the video games. (laughs) They didn't know what they were talking about. So it's, He's got to be, he's got to have a God complex right now. This guy is on fire. Yeah. I mean, he good for him. He's getting what he wants, but it really just, everything rubs me the wrong way. I'm all the way out. I'm not predicting success for the Cardinals this year, just to spite him. That's what I'm going for. The most uh, competitive quarterback battle in the league is raging on in Seattle. Drew Locke against Geno Smith. We all, you know, we've, we've been talking about it, but Pete Carroll this week, came out and he said, you know, the old saying, you don't, you know, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. He said, well, I'm not so sure about that. Cause we have two number ones. That's what he said. Way to gas your guys up, dude. I actually, I woke up in the morning. I think someone made a meme out of it because they just changed the quote to say, we have, uh, we have two number two guys. 
Mm. And I was like, that makes more sense. Like, cause I thought he actually said that. Cause I was like, okay, like that makes sense. But yeah. now hearing that he, you know, said we have two number one guys is, uh, you know, all right, beat. I love two number two guys. And there's back to the football guys. There's some coaches that I could see like Dan Campbell. I could see saying like, we got two number two guys. Like they're not the most athletic guys, but they'll work. They'll work. Your, th- like they'll work you to death on Sundays. Yes. Yeah. Like we don't want to have number one guys because we want, we want to work for it. Mm-hmm. He's like, um, you wouldn't believe it, but the competition's actually better with uh, two number two guys. Yeah. yeah. Cause they've never, they've, they've never tasted number one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're hungrier. Yeah. They're hungrier. They are. Hungrier. No success in this group. It's like they didn't even start in <laughs> <Yeah>. high school. <laughs> Uh, uh, Ron Rivera said that he's excited to put Antonio Gibson on kick return duty, which if you're getting thrown on there, that's just the end of your career. So shout out Antonio Gibson. It was a fun run, but I feel like if your coach is like, Oh, we're going to see what you can do on kicks. They they don't care about you. It's time. So tough. Yeah. That situation. uh, I got to be honest. I know, you know, some people that had Antonio Gibson were frustrated with him in fantasy and everything, but I'm, I was reading today. He played through like a foot fracture for like a month, if not more. And like to see him get treated like this is a bit, uh, you know, the way they rewarded him by drafting like a second round rookie running back is a bit, you know, goes to show you, you know, which is telling us nothing new about the Washington franchise. But still, I mean, this guy, you know, like played through some stuff last year and, uh, you know, you reward him with kick returns. So good, good for them. Yeah, can't wait to see him on kicks. Yeah, I'm sure you can. Um, last thing, this was kind of hot on the block. We sort of missed the window, but it does involve Alex's team, so I did want to talk about it. Dana White and the whole Brady Gronk, Las Vegas Raiders thing. Now, like, I, I guess, Alex, you could just – are you, like, upset about this because you could have had Brady Gronk in theory, or is this, like, a cap situation for you? Because, I don't know, I could see it going either way. Like, okay, so my issue is just with, like, Dana White. I don't know why he's, like, bringing it up now. Like, that's just so random. I don't know why he didn't bring it. Like, this was relevant, like, two years ago. I don't know if he needed some, like, you know, attention his way, some, like, content. I think UFC was that week. Like, it was just so, like, random. He could have picked any week, and he picked that week. Vegas is the NFL. Like, uh, the Raiders are the NFL team of Vegas, so it's also kind of a shot. Not really sure why he's doing that now. Um, like it's a good team. Like there's some good stuff going on. They have Devontae Adams, car is good, like, and, and you're throwing a shot. Now, looking back on it, obviously it sucks. Um, uh, not gonna lie, because like I remember when Brady was on the shop and he was saying, like, you're gonna go with that MF and we were all trying to figure out who it was, and there was whispers that it was the Raiders. So uh, the Gronk part, I don't care, but like you know, Brady what he was able to do with a really average Tampa Bay team. Um, you know, it would have been, it would have been good to not, not good as an understatement, but it would have been incredible to see the greatest quarterback of all time play on your team. And, you know, to say no to him is, uh, I don't know. I almost feel like that's some kind of bad karma or something like it, it is tough, but um, yeah, that would have been cool to see, but I was a bit upset with Dana White just randomly dropping that like, dude, just shut up. Like no one asked you anything. You're not an NFL insider. So I, w- I was just a bit upset that, you know, he's just choosing to say that now. Um, not really sure what made him, what made him say that. I don't understand the reasons for it either. I understand that he's like a, 
big personality and like an entertainer and a promoter. So maybe that's what it is. But the Brady stuff to me is just so odd. It's so odd why some of it has come out when it's come out and and all the stuff that went on behind the scenes. I feel like I feel like there's probably more that we still haven't heard about um, as far as, you know, what went on during that free agency period and some of the yeah. stuff that happened. So it's interesting to hear about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I get it from both sides. I get why the Raiders wouldn't want to pull the trigger on that. Obviously, probably not the right decision, but I get why they did it. Right, because I was going to say, what happened with the Dolphins stuff? But I guess that was after he signed with the Bucks. Yeah, it seems yeah. like Tom Brady's just permanently unhappy, as it turns out. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Who could have seen that yeah. one? This guy's trying to do a tour, bro. This guy's <laughs> yeah. trying to be on every team. He's trying to do the Dwight Howard yeah. coast to coast. <laughs> it is kind of like, okay, like I do think Dana White's like capping a little bit here because I don't think Dana White's, you know, like the, the puppet master behind Tom Brady's mind. I'm not going to lie. But uh, even if he was, like – John Gruden's a bit of an ego guy, so maybe he should have like roped him into the decision a little earlier instead of having him as like the linchpin to the plan. I don't know. Just yeah, an observation from the outside. We're talking about the Steelers and the Bengals today, and then we're done with the AFC North, and we're on to the last division, the AFC East. And football starts two weeks from tonight, so that's all very exciting. It's getting very close. But Steelers and Bengals, you have one you want to shoot first? Let's do Steelers. Steelers. Oh, okay. We can hit the Steelers. Um, pretty well. The most obvious thing that's going on with the Steelers is they change quarterbacks this year. There's no Ben Roethlisberger, who obviously, you know, two Super Bowls, lots of success with the team. But the last couple of years, to say it, it, it got ugly would be an understatement. He was abominable for the last two seasons. But they're going with Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. And Mitch Trubisky in the preseason hasn't really looked good. Last time we saw him take snaps, he wasn't really looking good. So he actually might just be bad is how it turns out. It might be like that Matt Nagy, him blame pie might just be both of them. They might just both have been bad, but Kenny Pickett on the other hand, I mean, it didn't seem like he was going to start the season at least, but the rumors are that it's really looking like it could go that way. He's been pretty spectacular in the preseason. Granted, he's playing, you know, the 81st guys on the roster in the fourth quarter, but he still looked very, very good. Which one would you like to see him go with first week? You got a preference at all? You want to see some Mitch Trubisky, or do you think you've seen everything you needed to see? I want to see some Bisky. I'm down for some Trubisky. He might be bad. He might be bad but I want to see it with my own eyes before I throw in the towel. That's where I'm at because I still have hope. Give him a good situation and see if he can make it happen. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't go through a whole career of Mr. Bisky and still like, and never having, never having had the chance to like see him give it a real good shot, Mm -hmm. you know? See a yeah. non-Matt Nagy, Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I can yeah. get down with that. I think yeah. we'll see both of them pretty early in the season. Like, I think they'll start Mitch and then give, like, if they could even do pick it for a game and then go back to it. Like, I think there's lots that they could do. We just haven't seen them have, like, a quarterback competition, so there's no history for what Mike Tomlin will do. But, Alex, you have a preference there? Well, my issue is that with, like, Mitch Trubisky, like, he's been in the NFL for a really long time now. Um, you know, kind of sat a year behind Josh Allen and, you know, you'd think he'd come in prepared, ready to go and uh, just really disappointed and surprised that, you know, he's, he's, he can't win this quarterback competition. Like, why are we struggling in week one of the preseason? And why are you struggling to beat out a rookie? That's kind of my issue with Trubisky. And I'm going to credit Colin on this one. 
Um, Let's go. Kind of his take, and I and I agreed with it a lot because you kind of already know what you have with Trubisky. You don't really know what you have with Pickett. And and in the NFL, like this isn't this isn't baseball where I think you can you know kind of test it out a little bit. You got a lot of games. You know, you're down 0-2. You lose your first two games. It's not great, especially in a really competitive division that the Steelers are in. I'm going with Pickett. Like, I want to see what we have in Pickett. This guy was the old, one of the oldest dra- uh, draftees this year. I think he was like 24, one of the yeah. oldest. Played in Pittsburgh Stadium. Is under one of the greatest coaches in NFL history. Has one of the most competitive rosters. Has a great offense, great defense. You know, if, if Pickett can't make it work, um, then, then you have your answer already. But if you put him to the side has a couple good games against some bad teams. You enter the off season with, which is from what I understand going to be a pretty stacked quarterback group this next year. Then you're like, I don't know. Like, do we draft another QB? Do we stick with him? Like, I don't know what we have. You got to throw him into the fire. He's 24 years old. There's no reason for him to sit behind. This isn't Patrick Mahomes sitting behind, behind, uh, behind Alex Smith or, you know, Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, they sat him uh, behind Joe Flacco the first year. Like, this is Mitch Trubisky we're talking about. No offense to Mitch, he's not going to learn anything sitting behind Mitch Trubisky. So if I'm the Steelers, I'm going with I'm going with Pickett. Kid's got hype. He's got gas. Throw him in here right now. He's full of energy. And and if anything, I mean, he's from what I understand, he's beating out Trubisky in, this, in these first couple weeks. Pitt looks like you know Pittsburgh kids, so just give him the reins um, in 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 the first couple of weeks here and see how he does. My understanding of it was that Mitch Trubisky was pretty much going to have to lose the job was how it was going to have to play out, and he's done nothing to really stick himself as like you know he's worthy of starting that first game. I think if you told me like a month ago who's going to start the first game, I would have said Trubisky for sure. But just how this preseason has gone, how the training camp seems to have gone. I see no reason why like you're not incorrect there. Like Kenny Pickett needs to get the ball here. This is, this is how it should go. So I, I think it's too bad because they did. I mean, clearly they like Trubisky a little bit. They, they paid him for two years, but I think the right move to do is just throw in Kenny Pickett. But anyway, um, the 2021 Steelers had a pretty, atrocious offense to say the least it was bad Owen you were a pretty heavy critic back in the day I mean we I'll be honest we were winning pretty ugly games like that's not really you know blowing anybody's mind if I say that they tied the Lions they had some pretty atrocious performances I think they scored the least amount of points for any playoff team for sure and then they go to the playoffs against Kansas City and they punted on each of their first eight drives it was so bad it was it was embarrassing so there's two schools of thought here. Like, okay, they, they had a really bad offensive line. They didn't really do anything to fix it. They added one guy, but it was really bad. And they're just kind of hoping that it'll get better at receiver. They got rid of Juju who didn't play much of last season, but he's gone. Nonetheless, they brought in George Pickens who has been getting major hype from a lot of people because Steelers draft well at receiver. And this guy looks like he could be that next next guy he does have some off the field stuff but as far as on the field he should be pretty good Najee Harris is a bit of a workhorse but again this offensive line is pretty bad I don't know that they're going to be that much better on offense alone just because they change quarterbacks even if you know the quarterback can move a little more than Ben can that'll buy him some extra time I don't think the offense is like instantly better which that's concerning. The defense is obviously really good. Like Cam Hayward's a hall of famer. TJ Watts, maybe the best defensive player in the sport. 
Minka Fitzpatrick's due for a bounce back year. But if you're asking me, like, are the Steelers going to be a more dynamic team just because they changed quarterback? I don't really think much is going to change for them. They're going to have to keep winning ugly, which I don't know. I, I, I feel like there's a lot of question marks with this, this offensive personnel. I trust the defense much more than offense, but if you got the roster up, is anything sticking out to you? Well, I think, you know, you get, I know you mentioned the offensive line still kind of wasn't there, but like another year of Najee Harris, I think, you know, he, I think he can only, you know, be better. And I'm really excited about like, just once again, the wide receivers, like this George Pickens guy looks insane. Deontay Johnson, um, you know, they got Claypool. They got some other guys as well that Ben, Ben just reached the limit, right? Like, I didn't think, I don't know if he could, he could, he could have thrown a pass more than 20 yards. And, you know, it's something that I think Pickett, if anything, can do is, you know, throw the deep ball. He can, you know, run out the pocket as well, which are de definitely things that Ben just couldn't do. Ben was very limited, which doesn't mean that they're going to win these, you know, they won't win these, um, you know, grimy games. But I think that Ben had like these really big limits that just like capped the team. And I didn't think like that, that the offense could even had a, had a shot at reaching any sort of you know, ceiling or potential with Kenny Pickett. Like I'm, I'm not saying this guy is, you know, going to be Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, but I think personally for me, it is going to be an upgrade. So that's how I see it. Yeah. I mean, I think Ben Roethlisberger is probably holding them back to a certain extent. Like if just looking up and down this roster, it's, it's super talented. Like they have, um, obviously you mentioned they're like the receivers, they got Johnson, Claypool, Pickens, they've got, um Najee Harris on defense they've got TJ Watt like they have some really good pieces um but yeah I guess the main question mark is like how good is this offensive line going to be because they were pretty bad last year and then what are you going to get out of Kenny Pickett assuming he starts yeah I think yeah. and like I know they, they expect more from Fryer move this year too like the second year guys should take a bit of a leap and I think that's what they're hoping for with offensive line but I just feel like they put such a burden on Najee Harris last year. Like he, like he was relied on so much because Roethlisberger couldn't throw down the field. Either we were handing off or he was getting it out the backfield. You know, you're putting a lot of stress on him and he's kind of capped by that line to an extent, but I mean, we'll see. I, I have some doubts, but uh, they brought in Miles Jack at linebacker too. That was a pretty good pickup for them. They've always kind of been missing that speedy inside option. I know he's not exactly what he once was, but still a good pickup. The only other thing, well, actually a couple other things. They well, the GM retired, Kevin Colbert, 22 years, he's gone. They they have a very good drafting record. So Kenny Pickett, I know he's not Andrew Luck, but for me, my understanding, if they're taking him in the first round, they have to think pretty highly of him. It's not just drafting for need. It's not just drafting because he's Pittsburgh. I think that that was somebody they actually believed in. Um, it's not Heinz Field anymore. It's a Creasure Field or Creasure Stadium, whatever that thing is. I the pretty disappointing but the other thing they did is they have brian flores he's working as a uh, defensive assistant this year which should help already a pretty good defense that's one of the better minds you could bring in um last thing on the mike tomlin i mean everybody's heard the same stat a hundred times never gone under 500 but i think there's a feeling among Steeler fans that these last couple years like sure we've gone over 500 but the team never felt like a Super Bowl contender the last five years. I know they started 11 and 0 in 2020, but that was more a product of the schedule. 
I don't know that I would consider these last few years a success, even though they're going over 500 and I don't consider them a Super Bowl contender this year. So it's like, I know it's great to be over 500 and competitive, but it's like kind of to me, it's like, we're never good enough. We're never bad enough to pick that great quarterback. We're never good enough to win the Super Bowl. I don't I'm just more confused by the direction. I'm curious if you guys have any thoughts on that. That's always the worst, honestly, with those franchises that like, like you said, not bad enough to actually get a good pick, but not good enough to ever really be a contender. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like the Steelers have such a um, high standard that, you know, it does, you know, the jets would kill f- to be 500 for the next 10 years, but obviously they're not going to be a super bowl contender, but I just think the team's just built so well that you, you know, you gotta, you gotta try and extract as much as you can from this season and, you know, kind of see what you have at quarterback. And um, I wouldn't get too down on that. Like I'd, Let's let's see what we have in Kenny Pickett, and if we don't have something, it's a really stacked quarterback class, and uh, we can just move move up that way. So I wouldn't like if if the season doesn't go the way you know you expected it, and maybe you do go under five hundred. I wouldn't you know start tearing stuff down or anything, or you know at that certain point. So you know you're not you're not going to be paying a quarterback for a while now, unless like something happens in free agency. But from what I see, it's either going to be Kenny Pickett or another rookie. So, you know, you can still continue to pay guys, have a really competitive team. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they talk about, like, rebuilding and retooling and stuff like that. And I think this is a team that would be, like, a really good candidate to retool because they have so many good pieces at, like, skill positions. I think they're just filling in the cracks and maybe, you know, helping young guys get experience. So I see no reason to have high expectations this year, but I also have no reason to – you know, be disappointed if you don't do well, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I see it. I agree with that. But the number is uh, seven and a half. They have a top five hardest schedule in the league. They did have the same last year. Um, It's largely just like two Baltimore's, two Cincinnati's, two Cleveland's. And they play the AFC East and the NFC South. So there's a Tampa in there. There's a Buffalo in there. But the rest they're pretty on par with are better than. Extras are the Raiders, Eagles, and Colts. They're week one at Cincinnati. Seven and a half. People like the over. It seems like it's a low number, but we'll see what happens. They're three to one to make the playoffs. Do you have a pick on seven and a half one? Yeah, I think they're going to go under. I just think I think they're comfortably the worst team in their division. Yeah, I think just by nature of that, they're like you said, they have just naturally a really tough schedule. Um, obviously, QB is a big question mark. As bad as Big Ben was he won you some games down the stretch because he kind of could make throws kind of when he had to, even though they were like wobblers and ducks a lot of the time. So you had that sort of consistency factor, which I'm not sure you're going to get this year, whether it's Trubisky or Pickett. I just don't think you have, you know what you're going to get. So yeah, I think it's, you know, I'm going to be wrong again because they go over 500 every year, but I think they're going to, I'm going to take the under here. What do you like, Alex? Yeah, I uh, it's got to come to an end once. Um, so at one point, but um, yeah, I thought their schedule was honestly easier. But yeah, looking at this, this is a really, really hard schedule. Um, and especially in this really hard division, not like once again, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be a disappointing season. They can go under seven, under, um, seven under eight wins. And, um, and I still think it can, it can, it can be a good season because they can, they could build off a lot of things. I think they're going to be one of those teams where it's like, you know, we look back at the uh, 2021, 2022, 2023 
Pittsburgh Steelers and it's like they were in a lot of these games like a lot of one possession you know they didn't lose by more than 10 like they're gonna be a good spread team like like and it's just a fact like the roster is competitive it's just that um can't can they stay consistent with the quarterbacks can they pull out these wins against these really really uh, tough opponents that that's my only concern so that's the that's the reason I'm going under yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that they probably won't go 500 this year. I think it does end. I think if they do, you know, they play up to their opponent a lot of the time. Like if they play a good team, they usually don't lose by a ton. They hang around in the games. Their problem is against the bad teams that they stoop down to their level. But I think they'll, like you said, they'll be in close games. I think they're probably going to be eight or seven, but I'll just take the over because I have to cheer for my favorite team so i just don't see that much of a ceiling here like i would love to get more out of tj watts prime than this i would love to get more out of minka fitzpatrick's prime than this cam hayward's had one of the best careers in steeler history but it's just tough but i i see them right around this number and probably i'm going to take the over and be optimistic but cincinnati Bengals made the super bowl last year they've obviously got you know the swaggiest quarterback in the league number one joe burrow the coolest guy alive so immediately like you think if you have joe burrow you're over under probably be like 16 and a half like are you gonna lose one or like are you going undefeated but <laughs> it's unfortunately not that high um i mean they added to their offensive line which was their big concern that was kind of the big thing they've done they renovated it which is similar to like what happened to kansas city right like losing the super bowl protect your quarterback they traded for uh alex kappa from tampa lyle collins from dallas ted karras from the patriots so that's pretty big additions there they added to their secondary with their first two draft picks also you know i forgot to mention their quarterback is so i mean their coach is so sick that he has to get held back on madden you know yeah because i mean he just he gets too excited he runs on the field they had to add the animation for him because he's that cool they have jamar chase but then also if you lose in the super bowl 48 percent of the time you miss the playoffs the next season there's a bit of a curse there's a super bowl hangover factor here so the question really is do you like this team enough to overcome that super bowl hangover history or are you rocking with the uh shiestiest quarterback in the league ending up in the basement this year so you have any takes on that yeah yeah i think look uh they were a good team last year obviously they made the super bowl i don't think that's a hot take but I think they played, I think they played like if if, perfect football, they played like perfect. Exactly. They played as well as they possibly could have. I don't think it's going to happen again. I'm going to go out on a limb. Like everything kind of had to go right for them. And you know, they won every, it feels like they won every close game. They had a lot of really good injury luck. If none of their big guys went down. Um, so I just don't see them repeating this. Like it is still a really good team um, with like a good offense. Like they got so much out of like pieces on defense that were basically they pulled out of the scrap heap, like Eli Apple and Chidobi yeah. Wuzier. So, you know, maybe they do it again. I mean, maybe Eli Apple is just a completely new player now, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, maybe bet, a, bet on a kind of a reversion to the mean here. Um, and I'm going to take whatever the under is. I'm probably going to take it. So let's go tip the hand yeah. early. I like that. <laughs> Let them know to use a golf analogy. They made a bunch of 40 foot putts. Really? I mean, they won a playoff game on the road where they got sacked nine times. Like, I don't understand how these things <laughs> happen. Still they were down what 21 to three with 50 seconds left in the first half. And Kansas city had the ball on like the two and they won that game. 
I don't understand yeah. how these things happen. So like regression to the mean is definitely possible. It's it, two years ago, they were four and 12. And I remember we came on this show last year at this time. And Owen was the only one who took the over. I think it was like five and a half and good call. You can get your flowers for that one. Cause we were all like, we don't see it with this roster. Like we respect Joe Burrow, but their offensive line is so bad. And I mean, they kind of plucked their way out of this. They won their, they hadn't won a playoff game since 1990 beforehand. And like to think about the way people talk about them right now is crazy to me because this is a franchise with no track record of success. But people seem to be just penciling in Cincinnati again for their, you know, annual spot in the AFC divisional. It seems like people are saying so. I don't know. It's crazy to me. People are really, really, I mean, the narrative completely flipped. And I understand the roster is really good. Like, they pay Burrow, Higgins, and Chase basically nothing. So you can, you know, spend in other areas. It is a good roster, but I don't know. It's just crazy how quickly the reputation is uh, changed. Offensive line, obviously upgraded defensively pretty good. Trey Hendrickson, Evan McPherson is also the shystiest kicker in the league, if you're uh, mm-hmm. keeping track of that. Because, I mean, deflection, he gets to hang out with Joe Burrow. He just gets all the drip down off of him, dripping out, dripping out of Cincinnati, like Alex would say. <laughs> But uh, um, Zach Taylor is kind of the other only uh, thing on here, which I mean, I think he's like, I think he's fine, but I, I've never personally watched a game and been wowed by his performance. So I don't know. Do you have any concerns off this roster that are jumping out to you or the coaching staff? Anything? I can't say like, I can't really poke too many holes in the roster. If I'm being honest, I think they're generally, you know, sound everywhere. Don't have a problem with Zach Taylor, and you know, he got them to the Super Bowl. But yeah, something just tells me like young team experienced success really early, really, really early. Um, and I think it's just gonna they're gonna get punched in the mouth this year. Um, you know, have have a yeah, really pretty tough schedule as well. I'm looking here to to end the last six games. It's it's tough. Chiefs, Browns, Bucks, Patriots, Bills, Ravens. Like that's that's difficult. Um, and and uh, as good as Joe Burrow is, I think like like the AFC is so stacked. So I'm not penciling in any sort of any sort of uh, AFC championship. Um, so you know, credit to them. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna be a good team this year. But I just think, I don't know. I, I feel like they're a pretty cocky team right now. I've, a lot of, you know, Joe Burrow's so sick. Look how he's riding the uh, riding the cart. Yeah. <laughs> how sick is Jamar Chase's gritty, this, that. <laughs> like, we got to get Zach Taylor getting held back in the game. Like, uh, I, I don't know. That's just a little too much for me. The NFL is, is, is a mean mean business week to week all these teams are really good i know you know you can say whatever you want here who are they gonna play they're gonna play the jets they're gonna play they're gonna play the panthers Lost. like it, it doesn't doesn't matter man jets. they're gonna you know these are, these are all still really hard opponents so um they, they really got to be ready this year they do i just they can't do. wait this is how it's gonna go is they're gonna win like a, a couple games right at the start of the year and then they're gonna. There's gonna be some video in the locker room. Somebody's gonna live stream Evan Pearson grittying yeah. across like some logo in the locker room. And then they're gonna lose like ten straight. Yeah, it's gonna be sick. I'm so excited for it. I I can see this starting to one of two ways. One, it's like they lose right away, and it's like, whoa, what's wrong with Cincinnati? Like first topic mm-hmm. on first take. Or I could see them starting four and one, and it was like, oh, you thought 
Icy Joe was gonna have a Super Bowl hangover, and then they finished like Uh-oh. seven and ten. That, that, that's that's the <laughs> yeah. outcome I'm hoping for. It's like, yeah, I actually did think that. Uh huh. Um, they have a seventh hardest schedule in the league, by the way, which you were saying it looks hard. It is hard. They play a first place schedule. Last year they played a fourth easiest schedule because they were fourth place, obviously. So things get harder when you're successful. NFC South, AFC East extras are Dallas, Kansas City, and the Titans. They've got some white helmets now. The only thing I want to say about the Bengals before the numbers, I, you know, as a kid, I have such fond memories of the Marvin Lewis Bengals, like just his expressionless face and like yeah. how them always making mistakes in big games and Vontez perfect. And I liked that version of the Bengals a lot more than I like this, you know, fancy high tech, like kids favorite team Bengals. That's just all I want to say, which I was, you literally, yeah, just like took the words right out of my mouth because the Bengals are like, what? Like, this is like the PSG of the NFL now. Like, yeah. get them the helmets. Like, get them the sick unis. Like, make sure they're like the stars of like uh, Madden 23. Like, do, like, like you said, like the kids' favorite team. Like, they're selling the jerseys. It's a little too much for me, man. Like, I don't know. I liked I liked the Pac-Man Jones version a lot more. And like yeah, Marvin Lewis, yeah. think think about this ownership. Marvin Lewis got literally 20 years without winning a playoff game. And they just kept yeah. bringing him back every year. <laughs> Zach Taylor is getting like, he's on like a 40-year deal right now. I guarantee yeah. you they're never letting him go. Like he will die on the sideline. They'll like wheel him out if they have to. There's it no was, way. Yeah. Like it was always so fun going into the season being like, is this the year that like Dalton and AJ Green get lucky? <laughs> like is this the year Dalton shows us that, you know, he's a top 10 QB? I remember they had like nobody with AJ Green and then they got Tyler Boyd and everybody was like, whoa, like Andy Dalton's got weapons yeah. now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just like Cedric Benson in the backfield with him. Yeah. <laughs> Giovanni Bernard. Yeah. yeah. Gio- oh, they abused Gio Giovanni Bernard. He was good back in the yeah. day. Oh, remember Jeremy Hill? They got him. They yes. like, whoa, look out. Power back for Andy. Yeah. They also, they don't have uh, CJ Uzama anymore and they replaced him with Hayden Hurst. And I saw Jamar Chase was like Hayden Hurst is one of the best tight ends in the league. Like, yeah, yeah. I've had him on my fantasy team like eight times, bro. He's yeah, okay. one of the best tight ends. All right, Jamar. Exactly. You are your tight ends coach now? Are yeah, doing the Kyler thing. <laughs> He's doing the Kyler. He's in the room drawing up route trees. He's like, Oh, yeah, this one out. This one's sick. Yeah, I could see that. Um, over under nine and a half, which is a lower number than I thought it was going to be, but people still like the over. It's minus 145. I think it gets a lot of the casual money. Uh, no surprise to anybody here. I'm taking the under. I like them to miss the playoffs. I like the Super Bowl hangover to win this one because it didn't win last year with the Chiefs. So it's got to it's got to hit. That's my take. Yeah, I'm taking under two. I hope they win six games. Man, the negativity is good with the Bengals. I really yeah. like it. I, uh, I'm i going to take the under as well. We'll make that a sweep. Um, and I kind of see it starting like how Phil said. Like, there's to start the season, it's Steelers, Cowboys, Jets, Dolphins, you know, three and one. Like, wow, Bengals. Are yeah. they are they the threat, you know, to win the Super Bowl this year? <laughs> yeah. Is um, Burrow the best just, quarterback it, in the league? Yeah. And oh, then it sure. all goes oh. up into flames. Um, and, and you know what, Bengals, I'm actually doing this for you because – I want to like the Bengals, but it's really hard for me to like the Bengals right now. So I need you guys to, you know, miss the playoffs a little bit. Like, shut up. Like, go to the corner. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then and then I'll start liking again. But as of now, like, it's a little too much Bengals for me. I, I want to like you. I want that, to. 
you're really hitting that one hard because that's the thing. Owen, I know you very well. You, yeah. I, I actually, if there was no internet, I would like Joe Burrow. That's a Me fact. Too. I would oh, absolutely yeah. like Joe I Burrow. I did like him. Past yes. Tense. But the yeah, internet came them. in and just wiped that option out. So I would yeah. love for a year in the mud, like hype up like Justin Herbert or something. And then we can, we can buy the dip. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that's just my Bengals take so we're actually spin zone we're hoping for the betterment of that franchise by all picking the under so yeah there you go. like uh-huh. you said if if the only joe burrow stuff i saw was on the field i'd probably have a joe joe burrow jersey yeah like he's Tattoo. sick like i'm not i'm not lying like he's great but this all this off field stuff just insane mm-hmm. man that week where it was just it was we were in the eye of the hurricane oh, that week. We yeah. were the only ones pushing back. You couldn't go on Instagram without seeing five different edits, like bleacher oh. reports for Illustrated, ESPN. Remember when he showed up in the coat? Oh, oh, oh that was fire. That was the worst morning. <laughs> so cool. He's gonna drip all over Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> it's still one of my favorite sound bites ever from the show. Um, we got segments and then we're done. That's how we'll do it. So I have Bozo of the Week, Genius of the Week. Alex, do you have overrated, underrated, properly rated? Yeah. Owen right. has a bozo and a genius as well. So who wants to go first? Any volunteers? I can go oh. first. Okay. Oh. Let's do it. Okay. So Scott Frost is the uh, is the coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers football team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he came out with a, just an absolute banger a few days ago. Uh, we, I know we kind of touched on the topic of, uh, of vomiting and like how it can kind of be like a negative thing in the case of Mike McDaniels. Mike McDaniel, but Scott Frost, he had he had kind of the spin zone we had, which was he was fired up because he said that their O linemen have vomited fifteen to twenty times every practice. Nice, yeah, like they die, but okay, yeah, yeah. literally, <laughs> like that's like a health problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. okay, he says apparently he like blamed it on the O line coach. He said the the O line coach Donovan Raiola is working them hard, so they're mm. just vomiting fifteen to twenty times. That's like. I think that's a high like volume. <laughs> like who is he? Who is he trying to fool here? Yeah. <laughs> like you don't like... even have to be a medical professional to know that that's like you'd die if that was the case. Like if it was in like Qatar, I'd be like, okay, <laughs> like it's really hot. But Nebraska can't hit more than like twenty eight. Like there's no way. Like maybe mid thirties at the best. No chance. And you're not yeah. standing on your own two feet after vomiting that many times. You can't even get to 15. No, you get to like six, dude. Maybe I will be like 15 to 20 guys are vomiting yeah. every practice. That could be it. If you're vomiting, oh, maybe he meant times. that. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But why are you carrying 20 online? Yeah. yeah, whoa. Which, <laughs> trade one of them. yeah dude send them to the steelers they could use some help oh, we'll take some pukers S- for some sure. midwest ethos there oh, use that. i'd love that on the whole line that would be big Najee <laughs> <laughs> harris would be running for 2,000 yards with some midwest vibes in there yeah i'll get it this is brutal and then i'll just go to my genius it is uh Old friend of the show. I know I've, I've shouted him out many times, but I had to go for one more round. And it was our friend, Tony LaRusso. He did it so, again. He did it again. Yep. I think we've covered, I figured, you know, we covered the first two times that he intentionally walked somebody behind in the count and down in the game. So might as well, might as well, you know, finish the trilogy. Hopefully it's the last of the trilogy and it's not like a Star Wars situation, but uh, he was in a game against the Guardians. Bases are, uh, so there's the base was open 
there's first was open. There was a man on second and, and third, two outs, mind you. Right. So Jake Diekman is their pitcher. He's pitching, right? Ball one, one and one and no, oh, right. Gets ahead in the count, two strikes, one and two. So you're like most managers, most pitching coaches are looking at, looking at that count. Like, okay. Like we got it way ahead of him. Right. Yeah. Like we're, we're dominating the count. We can one throw more. whatever we want. We can throw him up high. We can throw him down something down low, off speed, fastball. We got him right where we want him. Tony goes, no, no, no. <laughs> Tony, you know, did his little shuffle out of the dugout and was like, you know what? We got him right where we want him. Let's give yeah. him first base. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Put their brain in a pretzel. <laughs> Send him <Yeah>. to first. <laughs> so <laughs> for the third time this year, and mind you, the White Sox were down five to two. He mm. uh, he walked somebody behind it after being ahead in the count. Um, I think this is basic math. Tony's like, okay, like one, two outs is more than one, like double play. Like we got to get a ground ball. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> we got to get a ground ball. Let's go Let's, for four. Yeah. Uh, he's like, there's been, we haven't hit a triple play in my last like, 80 years of managing like let's let's walk the next guy and like set like all the outfield come in everybody's in this needs to go on the ground the most intense shift in the history of the game dude just nine men on the infield don't even send a catcher put the catcher at second that's how you do it he was watching nba in the, like a last second game where the, you know, they, you let the team score the two so you can just get another chance at a three. I was like, yeah, I'm going to actually use this, but in baseball, <laughs> uh, get I just would, I just imagine being the pitcher in that situation where you get ahead of a guy one, two with two outs and your manager's like, no, no, no. Don't worry about this. This old fart comes out of the yeah. dugout and he's like, first, you're like, dude, you think, hold on. Do you think yeah. he like fell asleep for the first three pitches, then realized he was late? Or it's like, totally he's like yeah, I purposely want to mess with them. All th- we'll do the three pitches. Well, he was caught napping in the dugout in July, if you remember that. They caught him. Might with have been his a quick nap session. Yeah. Which I mean, like when you're an old guy, that's just that's what you do. Like you just <laughs> fall asleep sometimes. Yeah. He yeah. was only the second Baseball's inning. Long. He could sleep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Baseball is a long game. The other thing is, <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, but there was a video of like a fan who was like screaming. He was like yeah. basically behind the net and he was like screaming at Tony LaRusso to put in a reliever. He's like, put, put in, in a pinch guy, runner. Put in this guy. Or put in a pinch runner, sorry. And so, and then you just, the, the camera pans over and Tony does his waddle out, like super slow motion waddle to the, to the umpire. And then puts the guy in to pinch run. I, like, I read the, cause I, I love that video. I read the circumstances around it and I was like, this is the most no brainer decision of all time. That's why like the dude in the fourth row was able to figure it out. Like the D it was the bottom of the ninth. The DH wasn't going to bat again. He's the DH. He's slow. It's like, put in your fastest guy at second base. <laughs> yeah. You're down by a run. Like this is like basic, basic baseball. Like <laughs> my mom could have figured that one out. And Tony Roos is like sitting there. He's like, Hmm. Like, ooh, this is a Wait, tough situation. Options. Yeah. He's yeah. like, can I put the DH back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can he bat again? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll run through mine too because I like yours. Uh, Bozo, I'm not going to try to, you know, I'll, usually I like to dig deep, but Bozo of the Week, very easy this week. Guy with the hot dog straw. I, it's the most yeah. obvious Bozo yeah. of the Week of all time. I know it's been crazy viral. If you haven't seen it, you're just living under a rock. But guy takes a straw, punctures a hole in his hot dog at Yankee Stadium, and then inserts the hot dog into the beer and then uses it as a straw. I just hate this move because – 
I mean, obviously it's disgusting, but when, as a hot dog, like if I have to have one, the last thing I want to do is like, look at it and like, think about the hot dog. Cause a hot dog is like objectively kind of disgusting. Yeah. So like go the next step and like use it. I just think it's, it's vile. Yeah. And it's created these people who are like, Oh, let me try it. It's like, no, no, no. Like I'm okay. Not trying it. Like I, I have no interest in trying it. That's disgusting. So I don't, I don't know. I'm not a hot dog straw guy. But. Yeah. Like straws are free in most places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and the hot dog, I mean, usually they put it in a bun with like sauce. So I don't know if he's yeah. get, if he's like licking it off or wiping it off. Ooh. Oh, or if, he just, <laughs> or if he, I don't even know how that works. You just like, got a way, it's coming out of water. Like just a bath, just a crazy decision. Like just an oh. odd set of circumstances. I don't know. I'm I'm not sure like what this population is of these people that like dip the food in the in the drink. Remember the chicken tender lady that was dipping her chicken tenders in the peps in the coke? Yeah, yeah, I do. There was that that went viral Uh, too. Like usually, like the way I like it, you know, you eat your food and then then you wash it down. That's like the best. You know, I don't really mix the two because then that's just like gross like soup. Um, But uh, like we're all adults here. So if we could yeah. act accordingly, yeah. Uh, yeah. that'd be great. Because that's, act that's like you like, and I'm before. not even exaggerating. Like that's someone that uh, at a you do that at a kindergarten table. Yeah. You so... don't even do that there. You're <laughs> no, like, what? Yeah. No. Like, no, you get I... kicked out of class for that. You're sitting in the hall. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah. the teacher's going, hey, in the hall, I'll, I'll meet, I'll be out there when, I, when I'm yeah. ready. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Get out there and bring your sheet with you so you have like something to do while you're out there because I'm yeah. going to be in there. I got three more papers to go through with these kids lined up at my desk. Um, and then my genius of the week, Dana White. And it's not because of what he did with the Brady thing. Let's get that straight. I personally think that's cap, but I feel like this next move has to be rewarded with the genius of the week. And Bill Belichick went to the UFC headquarters. I don't know where that is, but Dana brought Bill. And this video, Bill Belichick is wearing this. I don't know if you guys saw it, but he's wearing this gray shirt that's like it's like an Under Armour like mannequin shirt, like which I I've never seen Bill Belichick wear. Like it's like a swim shirt, it's like tight. it's like tight, and his like <laughs> nipples are kind of showing, and it's got the hoodie, but it's like short sleeved. Like it is trendy for Bill. It's crazy. And then on top of that, he's got thong sandals and blue board shorts in this video, which is just it's bananas that Bill Belichick <laughs> is dressed like like a Tommy Bahama like model, and the, in the video, Bill he like Dana like gives him like a UFC belt and he like a championship belt. He's like, here you go, Bill. And it's a crowd of like 40 UFC people. And Bill walks into the middle of the room and he like puts the belt on and he raises both his arms in the air. And he's like giggling. Bill Belichick is like giggling at the top of his lungs with this belt. And I've never seen him so happy. And I've literally seen him win six Super Bowls. And he's never, ever been this happy as he was when Dana White gave him this UFC belt. It's an incredible video. So shout out to Bill and shout out to Dana for making this happen because I don't know what I would do without this video. I've watched it like 80 times. Bill just running to the front of the table being like, yeah, is just excellent, excellent film. So (laughs) shout out to Dana and, and what a fit on Bill. I think I think we're seeing the end of Bill Belichick here, and I think yes. uh, I think by yes. the end of the year, I think he's not going to be the Patriots coach. I think that's it. You think? You think? Yeah, I think. Like, I think the, from what I'm hearing, like in the, the like training camp stuff, and just looking at this roster, 
it's going to be the worst year yet. And uh, I think, I think they're just going to part ways. I think that's it. Yeah. I like it. I like he's maybe like angling for kind of setting up a new career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's shopping he's like, his hey, talents elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dane yeah, is going like, to set him up in Vegas yeah. with the Raiders. He's like, he's like, he wants maybe like a, I don't even know, like the sideline reporter at UFC. Maybe that's his thing. Yeah. He's like, hey, you have any, like, what's, you know, Joe Rogan, like, is he, how long is he going to be here? JRE yeah. with Bill? That would be pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. He's just the new JRE, dude. It's BBRE. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. That'd be electric. It would be. Uh, I'd be down too. But Bill Belichick, I mean, you got to look at the outfit if you haven't seen it because, like, to me, at least, Bill Belichick struck me as a big plaid shorts guy with, like, uh-huh. the deep pockets, like, if he's on vacation and they probably have, like, paint stains on them. To, so to know he's, like, a trendy, like, yeah. blue, like, half-cut board shorts guy, it just blew my mind. It was pretty incredible yeah. stuff. He strikes me as the guy to have the, the shorts are never going above the knee. Like, they're mm-hmm. always comfortably below the knee. Yes. They're, like, capris, yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Just disgusting plaid patterns, like brown, blue, and red. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. perfect. Yeah, I'll lots take of pockets, 10. big cargo. Big cargo yes, guy. very much so. What do you have yeah. for your overrated, underrated, Alex? Uh, this is just in spirit of the uh, Pat Bev trade. Um, just go. since I think, I think most of the NBA trades are done, unless we have like a crazy Donovan Mitchell one. Um, but I just thought I'd do an overrated, underrated, properly rated NBA trade edition. We talked about the Pat Bev trade and I, I kind of gave my stance on it. I thought it was personally to me overrated. I thought, you know, Twitter like blew up, um, you know, once I saw the Lakers are acquiring Utah Jazz guard, thought it was Donovan Mitchell, by the way, everyone was talking. I think it's just like, whatever it's, I don't think it's going to help them at all. Um, my properly rated trade was the Malcolm Brogdon trade. I thought I thought that was a pretty good trade for the Boston Celtics. Um, they gave up basically nothing, really. Um, none of the like picks they gave or players were really like valuable to them. None of them were making the rotation in the finals anyways. Um, and I know like Brogdon kind of tricks you um, with the points per game. Looks really high, but he has missed a lot of games as well. And that's obviously going to come down with Brown and Tatum. But uh, I thought it was a really good addition. Like they were already, I thought, a decently deep team. And then you had another guy like Brogdon, who was, I mean, Indiana brought him in a few years ago to be like the guy. And like uh, he's not really too many years removed from that. So I think he can contribute to them in a really, really good way. So I, I thought it was a really re- properly rated trade. Yeah. I like that yeah. move too. I like how uh, Indiana brought him in to be the guy, though. That was a classic Indiana. It's like, okay. Like- oh. We're never good enough to like draft a guy and keep him. Like Paul George is like the biggest like stroke of luck ever. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, like four years, eighty nine. Like let's yeah. just make this happen. Here's the, yeah. here's the keys. Yeah. Five years later, DeAndre Ayton's like the best we can get. Yeah. He's like he's our franchise player, and 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 you know, in five years, who knows who it's gonna be? Maybe it's yeah. DHT. Maybe Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> <laughs> they're on the max at Kyle Guzma. And then my underrated trade of the year, uh, I think Phil actually talked about this one. It was the Pistons trade with the Knicks um, where they got Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel and two second round picks. I didn't think we'd be talking about this today, for but zero. I did love this trade for zero. Um, they gave them back like a protected second. And I think that was maybe it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Alec, like, especially on this really, really young team. And I'm never a fan of building a, you know, under 
under 25 team like that that's just stupid in any sport i think um so you bring these guys vets i think that are pretty good um can contribute to the team alec burks is going to help the guards out nerlens noel is going to help their you know uh their their their, uh, forwards out and um and just add some good depth i thought they were they weren't bad at all in new york new york's just really really hard to play like people don't get that um, it's no wonder that, you know, some players, when they're done playing in New York, they actually end up playing much better. Um, so, and you get two second round picks too, basically just for taking salary and, and it's a trade that helps you anyways. Um, so I thought it was a really smart move by the Pistons and was underrated, but yeah, shout out to Phil for bringing that one up. I, I remember you talking about that one. So it was, it was clutch. Let's go. I love that. I love some credit for the Pistons, Knicks, New Orleans, New Orleans. Yes, inside. I was looking for. I've been waiting the last like 20 shows. Like, when's somebody going to bring that up again? I like, know. I love that trade. Um, no, I'm giving today a 10. Easy Big 10. time 10. Easy 10. 10. Easy 10. Lots of good stuff to talk about. We're finally out of that dead zone part of the year, which is big. I'm so excited for football. I, I texted Owen the other day. I was like, like, it was just like my natural brain. I was like, we got to like cook up some stuff for like football season. Then I was thinking, he was like, you mean like segments? And I was like, actually, you're right. Like we just pick games, talk about the games. It's easy. Like this is perfect. so easy. The NFL uh, so just breeze writes itself. It does. Literally. Oh, so we, good. We have nothing to worry about. It's beautiful. Yeah. So anyway, we'll be back on Monday. Hope you guys have a good weekend. National Dog Day. Done. I love it. See you guys then.